You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday, December 27th episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante, coming at you with a shorty after the holiday weekend, before the other holiday weekend. We're coming at you live Monday and Thursday this week, 2 o'clock Eastern, both times. Is it going to be a little longer on Thursday? That I don't know. I simply can't tell you that because guess what? Uh, no news. No news is breaking. We're not getting any news. We got the blessed gift of some news at the end of last week, though, because we are going to talk about Eric Chavez, who's joining the Yankees coaching staff and Aaron Boone's extremely high opinion of Eric Chavez, who's joining the Yankees coaching staff. Is this a rare reason to be excited in an offseason that's mostly been marked with inactivity? Plus, one Yankees trade target that nobody's talking about except us. We're going to raise the issue and see if you have any thoughts on it and the David Ortiz Hall of Fame case. Vote for David Ortiz if you want to. Fine. I get it. Don't vote for David Ortiz because of the reason that one voter gave this week. We're going to take him to task. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'd be more than happy to answer that, especially this week. We'd be more than happy to answer anything because we got nothing to talk about except for the topics laid out at the top of the pod. Mm. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. How was your Christmas? I heard bad. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, brother got COVID. Shout out, Anthony, if you're watching. Uh, sorry, man. Rough stuff. Uh, he's okay, though. Everything's good. Uh, postponed till next week. Easy. Uh, celebrated with the other half of the family. Um, but yeah, here for a post-Christmas app. Some things to talk about. Uh, like you said, I'll answer questions about my personal life at this point. Any mailbag personal questions uh, about my family, about my Christmas plans, whatever you want. Whatever you want. But how was your Christmas, more importantly? Oh, more more importantly why is that just equally importantly i don't think it's sure. more important um yeah it was a great time we had we had the family over uh at the in-laws house had a wonderful time still there uh rocking suburban philadelphia took in giants eagles uh by my uh by myself yesterday the lone giants fan in the section uh i hate that team that football team sucks and yet i still found myself pridefully trying to defend 
them against <laughs> like it, so that bad. team is terrible i would never watch them again as long as i live and we're only a couple blessed short weeks away from look next year might be just as terrible but at least it won't be this year this year will be over i won't have to live in 2021 anymore yeah. and uh, i still found myself kind of getting riled up the giants jalen hurts threw like an off target pass by like 20 yards in a zero zero game in the second quarter and i found myself doing the whole like oh yeah oh nice throw <laughs> nice throw oh Oh, way to go. Like fully knowing that my quarterback was five of 15 for 18 yards passing or some garbage like that. <laughs> um, I also, the guys behind us, and these are nice seats too. The guys behind us, uh, you play a game with me. Of, is this anti-Semitic or not? They said, uh, where are all the New York giant fan cockroaches go back to New York. Now, is that anti-Jewish or is that just a, a weird word to say? It's close. I don't I know. wouldn't it's say that close. you would. I wouldn't say that. I it's wouldn't just a say weird, that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. It's just a weird insult. I don't know. where. If it's not anti-Semitic, where'd it come from? Uh, yeah. If the guys behind me are listening to this podcast, feel free to chime in. Would love to know. <laughs> Would love to hear a mailbag York, question. Yeah, uh, where do your New York-specific insults come from, and are they related to Judaism or not? Uh, before we trip too far down that rabbit hole, again, we promise you a shorty. We just can't talk about this stuff for that long. We're not going to. Look, you're, you're taking up your blessed holiday sitting here watching us talk about the New York Yankees. New York yeah. Yankees aren't doing anything. So we, we're not going to make you sit here for, huh, mom, yeah, put the ham back in the oven. I got another 55 minutes of a live Yankees podcast. No, you don't. We can't do that to you. But we do need to talk about a couple of things. Yanks made uh, one, uh, well, two coaching changes at the end of last week, uh, one of which probably slid right under the radar. It's a, a minor league. You know, they, they promoted, so they obviously they promoted minor league coordinator Dylan Lawson to the hitting coach job. They added two additional hitting coaches, as they said they would. Uh, one is sort of a minor promotion and one that definitely went under the radar. And the other is Eric Chavez, uh, former New York Yankee, Eric Chavez, 2011, 2012 Yankee. Pretty good. Uh, went to Arizona after he left the Yankees. Still actually pretty good. Uh, retired at the age of 36, I believe. Managed in the Angels system. And he's now joining the New York Yankees as the, you know, a, a major league hitting coordinator. But Aaron Boone had a lot more to say about Chavez after he was officially brought on board. Boone spoke to the media on December 22nd. I had a weird afternoon press conference in which he basically said two things. One, the Yankees have no idea what's going on with their injured players, which is, you know, great place to be in, but that's an MLB mandated spot. So they asked him rehab updates on everybody. He had nothing to say about Jamison Tyone, Luke Voigt, DJ LeMahieu and his sports hernia. Got no information for you there. We did. Uh, I did see Jamison Tyone going down a slide with a child over the holidays. So his leg is healthy enough to, uh, go leg first down a small slide. You heard it here first uh, in case that comes up, in case uh, the Yankees play in Milwaukee and somebody homers and they need somebody to go down Bernie Brewer's slide. Jameson Tyone is officially healthy enough to do that, but I don't know what anything else about him. I know as much as Aaron Boone does. But the second thing, he did talk about Eric Chavez, who, who is an assistant hitting coach, like we said, but Boone had higher praise for him. He said he will be the, quote, Swiss Army knife of the Yankees coaching staff. That means more duties than just, uh, you know, hitting coaching. Uh, and that in the interview process, in a lot of ways, Chavez, quote, blew him away. Now, we wrote a piece centered on the fact that maybe Aaron Boone was heaping praise on his future replacement. That is obviously not immediate. There is no way that at the end of this year, the Yankees go directly from Boone to Chavez. He signed a three-year deal. If things get disastrous, Sure. They'll move on from Boone at the end of this season if they win 75 games and they're 15 games out by July and everything cratered and Aaron Judge is furious because they wouldn't extend him and the season's falling apart at the seams. And then, yeah, maybe Eric Chavez is your manager next year. But I'm talking more in the two, three-year plan uh, situation. They seem to like Eric Chavez a hell of a lot. 
Chavez's name came up for the Angels managerial job a couple years ago uh, when it actually went to Joe Madden, which is a completely strange uh, dichotomy to think of, like mm, yeah. 40-year-old first-year manager for a player or uh, 68-year-old you know, legendary analytics head Joe Madden. But Eric Chavez is something of an analytics guru himself. He had a quote uh, from an athletic article from 2018 that went viral again on Yankees Twitter this week when everybody sort of collectively realized uh, he, he said he basically wants to wean people off of using batting average. Batting average just isn't that important. He'd like to focus on other stats. Objectively, yeah, not that important, especially when you can have, you know, high OPS, ton of homers, ton of extra base hits, ton of walks. Batting averages is, is not the most important statistic. I think a lot of fans read that the wrong way and went, oh, oh, you know, back in my day, we had guys hitting 330 and we weren't losers. And like, there's something in between. I think batting average needs to be de-emphasized when you're evaluating a player. But certainly if you have a player hitting 330 with a 420 OBP, that's better than a player hitting 260 with a 380 OBP. Yeah. You know, both OBP is pretty good. Uh, but the higher average, more hits, more putting pressure, putting people on the base paths. Yeah. I'd rather have the higher average in a situation where I have to pick and choose between some similar-ish profiles, but it's not the most important stat in the world. It's an interesting mindset, and he's going to be used as a hitting guru and a Swiss Army knife, which which does make you think the Yankees value him highly enough to be like, let's get your feet wet in other areas in case, you know, maybe the Boone era, maybe the disdain keeps rising, and, and after 2024, it's no longer tenable, and we can no longer sell our fans this trash, and instead of an external hire, we're going to go with Eric Chavez, promote him from within, Remember, we said he was going to be a Swiss Army knife, and we hired him, and lo and behold, he's helping out with the bullpen, and he's, you know, dipping his toes into other transactions. Um, what say you on this? Obviously, that was sort of a uh, mishmash of just different thoughts about how pumped the Yankees were to have Eric Chavez in the fold, yeah. but clearly, this isn't just your run-to-the-mill 12th coaching hire. They really believe in this guy. Yeah, I don't care. Um, I just don't. Uh, I need to see it in action. I need to feel something. I need yeah. to see his energy. Uh, my big thing is, is Eric Chavez a hard ass? Because I would like that on this coaching staff. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of what I feel like we've been missing. Phil Nevin kind of was, but I don't know if he was exactly the bad enough cop that the Yankees needed or the Yankees coaching staff needed. I love the fact that he's going to be a Swiss Army knife. It does give you a glimpse into the future of what could potentially be a few years down the road, obviously we don't want to be thinking about, oh, hey, so who's going to be our next manager after Aaron Boone? Uh, I, I know a lot of us are thinking that, but we have it probably at least two more years of Boone unless we lose 90 games this year and miss the playoffs and then they, he's forced to get fired. Um, but I'm seeing at least a couple of years left of Boone unless there is mass disappointment. Um, and you look at Chavez – this guy got MVP votes four years in a row. He was a six-time Gold Glover six years in a row from uh, 01 to uh, or 01 to 06 or 02 to 06 or something like that. Um, career numbers: 268 average, 818 OPS, 115 OPS plus. That's over across a 17-year career. Uh, obviously, he played most of that in Oakland from '98 to 2000 uh, before heading on over to the Yankees and then finally finishing his career with the Diamondbacks. So. I like the direction they're going in, in terms of having a guy who had an extensive playing career, was good on both sides of the ball, and is ready to implement that stuff from a, uh, a coaching standpoint. Um, am I a fan of the whole average comment? Uh, not really. I don't want to get in these arguments with people, but um, I don't want to construct any lineup that is average heavy or OBP heavy. Like we talked about, the Yankees were OBP heavy. It was great. Guess what? Their average was bad. Their slugging percentage was bad. I was looking it up today because I was writing an article. They had the 17th slugging percentage in the league. 
So who gives a shit about OBP at that point if you're not putting the ball in play or you're not getting as many hits as you should? I don't care about a walk with a runner in scoring position. It doesn't do much except put the double play ball in play. Um, So I know what he's saying. I hope that we have, as we talked about before, the kind of the best of both worlds merging of the perspectives, understanding that a guy like DJ LeMahieu, who could potentially hit 330 um, and maybe only OBP like 370 or 380, is arguably just as valuable as a guy hitting 240 with an OBP of 410. Um, I, I think there's there, there's a lot to, to look at there. Um, and uh, coming to a conclusion that balancing the lineup with these different kind of characteristics is beneficial. You shouldn't be looking at, oh, this guy gets on base a lot. Great. So he's valuable. Let's get more of those guys. Um, this isn't, you know, this isn't the 2002 A's. We don't need to do that. We have money. Um, we should be operating more like the Dodgers where we're getting a mix of these guys. Um, but hopefully Chavez is kind of the voice of reason that helps us combine all of the aspects there because he did hit for average. He did get on base and he was a good, he, he, he hit, he hit extra base hits. So I like his player makeup. I, I always enjoyed watching him as a kid. Um, I think it's a smart hire for the Yankees and, you know, younger direction. He's like a little bit young for by the time he'll actually become manager. And I think it's intriguing that he was considered as a manager and now he's taking a lesser role with the Yankees. So that might mean that there is a plan in place for him or they do view him highly enough to either uh, make him uh, a prominent voice in Boone's ear or be like, hey, look, this is a springboard to either you taking over eventually or you know, you're going to get a lot of exposure and get a managerial job next offseason, the offseason after. So um, cool, cool stuff. I'll be more excited when I see it in action, though. That's all I got to say. Yeah, Chavez and Luis Rojas. I mean, it's hard to really do better than that from a, a filling really? coaching yeah. staff perspective. At least I think. I, I mean, again, I I've been proven wrong a lot lately, and and it's, you know, the thing, minor things that I get excited about end up being massive uh, bummers and downturns. Hmm. So who knows? Uh, but I am a believer in in Matt Blake. I am a believer in Dylan Lawson, and I think Chavez and Rojas are are theoretically ancillary pieces of this coaching staff with a lot of perspective on things. You know, they're they are not the lead hitting coach. They are not the bench coach. They are definitely not the manager. Um, so if you can, you know, slot those names in as the fourth and fifth most important voices in the room, I think that's interesting to me, especially because Chavez is a guy with managerial buzz that has dissipated a little bit uh, and is now willing to take, like you said, a much lesser role. Um, we're going to talk about a trade target nobody's talking about, but before we do that, going to take a quick pivot and let you guys know about a much more interesting podcast than ours, the Knuckleheads podcast presented by the Players Tribune, featuring NBA veterans Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, their lifelong friends and bona fide truth tellers. Listeners, they invite special guests, high-profile athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to untold stories from the golden era of sports and culture. Named for the on-court celebration they made wildly popular, this un- Unfiltered, hilarious, and surprising podcast is like playing NBA 2K with no fouls. I'm sure that's if you got NBA 2K for Christmas on it, about fouls, you just beat the hell out of your little brother. But it's a much more fun way to go about life than having fouls turned on, having refs and rules, even in the in the fake world that you're inhabiting. It's like when Dwight is a paper salesman in his second life. Why would you turn on fouls? You know, if you're going to play basketball, why would you listen to a filtered NBA podcast? You wouldn't. You want to the real world. The Knuckleheads podcast presented by the Players Tribune is for you. This is the seventh season. Guests this season include Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, DeMar DeRozan, heavy hitters. So please, please give a listen to the presented by the Players Tribune. If you want honest, unfiltered, and we're going to give you the most filtered, somewhat honest possible MLB talk 
we're a totally different plane of action. So highly recommend that podcast. Now let's dive into, before we head out, a trade target that nobody's talking about. This is pure theory. There is nothing to this except speculation because once again, baseball has been shut down for nigh on four weeks. There's nothing but speculation at this point. I just feel like we've run through every other potential target that is actually on the table. Everybody knows about Cattell Marte. Everybody knows about Matt Olson and how the trade talks unfortunately got stalled on the one-yard line just before the lockout. It would have been really nice to be able to complete that. But unfortunately, we're going to be on the one-yard line for three months. We'd love to hear from the researchers' bandwagon on what's going on there. But unfortunately, we'll not get that chance. Brian Reynolds, everybody knows about. The pitcher options, there are precious few of them. Kyle Hendricks. We've talked to death about all of these people, so everybody knows who is on the table for the Yankees to try to get and not get, you know, not actually dip into the conversation on and so we can all pretend they are, but they won't. Uh, one name I wanted to surface just because he fits the bill of people the Yankees have traded for in the past. He fits the bill of people who've certainly been traded in the past. There's been a mass exodus from Pittsburgh. We've seen several players leave Pittsburgh and become aces, co-aces, semi-aces, Garrett Cole, gone. Tyler Glass now, gone. Uh, Joe Musgrove, gone. Uh, everybody knows about the Pirates pipeline. Jamison Tyone, of course, became a Yankee last winter. The Pittsburgh Pirates have top prospects. They enter the rotation. They don't develop them for a year or two or three, and then they move on somewhere else. Uh, Stephen Brault, Chad Cool have been fingered as Yankees targets these past, you know, 12 or 13 months or so as well. Still waiting on those guys. Uh, Trevor Williams went to the Cubs last year and to the Mets. I mean, he's not quite the same. Uh, he's sort of a, you know, everybody knows Trevor Williams. What you're getting is a, a five starter with a four starter ceiling. That's not exactly what we're talking about here, but we are talking about very effective top prospects who've come to the big leagues and not perform. So I just want to be the first one on record to flag Mitch Keller okay. as an option. Uh, I don't know if he is going look, I certainly don't know if he's going to be traded. I do know that he is currently projected to pitch the most innings for the 2022 Pittsburgh Pirates. That's a bad sign. He's a former top 100 prospect who, who got all the way up to number 12 at some point uh, before having a great short in 2020 with nobody in the ballpark. Then he Julius Randled in 2021. That's shorthand for as soon as they let fans in the stands, he sucked. Uh, <laughs> Mitch Keller last year was, was bad, was quite awful. With, with upper 90s, upper echelon stuff, there's there's a reason he's a top prospect. There's a reason he's cracking the top end of the top 100. It's not just projectability. It's stuff. Nasty, you watch the highlights. Nasty curveball, 97, 98 mile an hour fastball, yeah. four pitch mix, change up, which is Matt Blake's favorite thing to emphasize. And yet last year, still 5 and 11, 6.17 ERA, no control, 1.788 whip, way too hittable, way too wild. The pitcher is not there yet. If you're acquiring Mitch Keller and it costs you real prospects or someone with an actual pedigree, you're probably making a mistake or you're probably two years away. Like you're a team that's not trying to compete in 2022. But if you're the Yankees and it doesn't cost you all much and it costs you less than Tyone coming from injury costs you, you get the Pirates, who, by the way, people talk all the time about like, you know, you never want to win a trade by so much that a team will never want to trade with you again. You don't want to fleece them the maximum. So next time you come calling, they're like, what the hell are you? Why would we even talk to you again? You stole our, our best player garbage men. Uh, that is the opposite position as the Yankees and Pirates right now. The Yankees took Jameson Tyone off their hands. Uh, Tyone was good. Tyone had a month where he's the pitcher of the, the you know, American League pitcher of the month. He, it, it certainly worked out when he was healthy. He wasn't healthy all the time, but it was a win-win for both sides. The Yankees got Tyone for two years. Year one wasn't that bad. The Pirates got Rowanzi Contreras, who's they're you know right towards the tippy top of their prospect list. Made the futures game this year. Might be on the roster next year. Miguel Yahare was also very good last year, and Kanan Smith 
had a very good season at the minor league level. The Yankees also gave them Hoy Park, uh, who we believed in. We at least want to see him get a chance. The Yankees did take Clay Holmes, but that's two Yankees Pirates deals last year. So these two teams have an understanding. Everybody's sort of com- comfortable and confident with, with uh, both sides of the tie-on deal at this point. No regrets from either side. If the Yankees have to give up a ton to get Mitch Keller, no thank you. He very well might just be a bust who never puts it all together. If the Yankees can get Mitch Keller at a relative discount, maybe one back-end top 10 prospect, one top 20 guy, call it a day, knock somebody else off the 40-man, I'd be interested because it can't possibly get much worse from last year. Nobody's flagging this. That's the main reason I'm just I'm raising the flag and just saying this Pirates pitcher pipeline has been a thing these past three or four years. Is this the next example of somebody moving on and finding it elsewhere. Maybe. Uh, I think your price is a little bit excessive for a guy with a 602 uh, ERA. And a, I'm just uh, looking at the 2018 yeah. top prospect list and yeah. saying, if I'm the Pirates, well, am I really going to surrender him for nothing? Probably yeah. not. No, I mean, uh, I guess. Yeah, at that point, though, maybe you just hold on to him uh, if you're them because you know a higher asking price just isn't going to get the deal done. The one silver lining here is that, yes, yeah, 6.17 ERA in 2021, but – a 4.30 uh, FIP. I don't know what that means. I still kind of don't know what that means. Uh, but only t- over two points lower. This is what the, the people the people like to see. They like to see the, the peripheral stats. They like to see how um, you know the stuff kind of played in, in different scenarios rather than the surface level stuff. Um, I like this move. Like I like we're saying, if it's cheap and if Mitch Keller is not emphasized, uh, we need guys to eat innings. That's going to be very crucial for 2022. Um, we saw the issues that the rotation had when guys continued to go down. You really don't want to be shuttling guys back and forth um, and uh, not getting the quality innings that you need. Um, you want to be competitive on a nightly basis. Um, you don't want to be wasting bullpen arms. You don't want to be burning guys out. Um, and that's kind of what happened this past year. So I'm on board. I'm on board if it's a debt move. I'm on board if this guy can, you know, go 120, 130 innings in kind of a in maybe a hybrid role. Maybe Mitch Keller comes out of the bullpen and throws three innings. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but it's it's. Uh, I, I like where your head's at. You know, we got to explore all the avenues possible. Um, not entirely I, a weird, just a weird guy. Like comes in, debuts in twenty nineteen, sixty five strikeouts in his first forty eight innings, seven point one three ERA in eleven starts, and uh, a three point one nine FIP. Like what's going on here? And then you have his twenty twenty one where you thought he was good. You, did, you thought he was good. You look at the numbers, you think he's good. 2.91 ERA, but that was only in five starts. Didn't even get to 22 innings. It was 21 and a third, and his FIP was a 6.74. What's going on? 16 strikeouts over that span. And then last year, I already said the stats, but uh, 92, 92 whiffs in just over 100 innings, um, and his walks dramatically increased. 49 walks in those 100 innings. So not great, um, but maybe there's something there, like you said. Maybe Matt Blake's the guy to unlock it. Um, I, I'm not, uh, look, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't want to hate, but I'm not going to jump on the Matt Blake bandwagon and think that he's fully turned around the pitching staff after one year. I love what he's doing. Uh, there is a sect of the fan base that seems to think he's God. Um, maybe he is, I don't know, but I don't think uh, a year and a half is enough to kind of diagnose that. I like the direction it's going in. Um, and I like how he's been utilizing certain guys and maximizing their strengths. Um, and I think, hey, if the Yankees get a guy like Keller, who has the stuff that he would might want to emphasize, that Blake might want to emphasize, we could be talking about this as a more realistic 
you know, kind of uh, situation for the Yankees where they have one of the best pitching coaches in the league who's rediscovering and uh, and kind of uh, uh, creating career renaissances for for these guys who haven't entirely found their stuff. So I'm not opposed to it. Just going to yeah, be realistic about it. Wouldn't that be nice? I, I'm I'm obviously not. I'm look. I'm not getting on the soapbox and being like we have to surrender assets for Mitch Keller. I'm just trying to find solutions we haven't already talked about. There's so much has been talked about already. Uh, part two of this will probably be. I mean, when I when I suggested Nicky Lopez for the shortstop position, the Royals Twitter came after us, and we suggested Luke Voigt to the Brewers. Brewers Twitter was Brewers like, fans. "We want the 2020 home run leader." Right. So every time we pitch something, it's just like, "Hey, nobody's talking about this." A lot of people are like, "Shut the hell up," which is how you know that you touched. The right nerve, maybe or Brewers fans can kiss my ass, dude. I yeah. used to like this team. I used to like this team, and then they were talking shit all year. And then the Braves wax them in the playoffs, and now they're saying like guys are untouchable. Willie Adamas is untouchable when multiple Willie MLB insiders are saying Willie Adamas is untouchable. Like we invented the Willie Adamas, yeah. In the Joel Sherman column, you yell yeah. lunatics, yeah. And Josh Hader, who famous, there was famous buzz at the end of the season talking about how the coaching staff is a little bit fed up with the fact that he refuses to pitch more than one inning and he refuses it to not be in a save situation. So I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm not making this stuff up to get Josh Hader to the Yankees. I don't really, really want Josh Hader on the Yankees, but yeah, but you know, some of the things line up and Brewers talking about these guys, like they're their firstborn children. It's like, dude, they're baseball players and they might get traded. The Brewers like David Stearns famously just takes guys in and out to figure out what the, how to construct the best roster. He's a smart dude. Um, Ray's ask if you ask me. So uh, I wouldn't put anything past it. Brewers fans holding on to their players like this in, in, I get in this regard, like Willie Adamas is like the best shortstop in the league. Like Josh Hader is going to turn your franchise around as a closer. Those are assets that you can either get value for, or you need to kind of maximize if your team's going to contend. And with Christian Yelich's backslide, among other things, the Brewers don't entirely look like a team that might take the next step in 2022. Um, I don't know, but it's worth thinking that they, it, it's worth pondering if they would retool. Uh, I'm just sick of people. That's it. That's all. Yeah, your GM's going to the Mets, assholes. Enjoy. Um, before we sign off, I, I'm sick of just one more specific man. I'm not going to sit on this. For I did a David Ortiz Hall of Fame rant like a month ago. Most of these Yankees podcasts end with just a David Ortiz Hall of Fame rant. So here we are now. He's getting in. He's getting in. I, I He's getting yeah. in for ballot. He might be the only one who gets in. He's the only one who's getting a significant bump. A-Rod honestly pulling higher than I thought he would. He's pulling at like 50%. Nice. Uh, this is easy. This is the easy part of the conversation. I'm no longer going to be the guy who looks in the camera and is like, if you're going to vote for one PED guy, why is it David Ortiz? Why is it no one else? I, I, I don't care. It's it, The media has has told me all it wants to tell me about Rob Manfred clearing David Ortiz's name at David Ortiz Day at Fenway Park as if that's unbiased uh, and you know there's no agenda there. Also, we hate Rob Manfred, but now we trust him implicitly on the David Ortiz PED stuff. Okay, great. I'm done caring. I don't care. But if you're going to be the guy who justifies your David Ortiz vote, uh, do not be – like uh like this man who's uh unfortunately I, I forgot to pull up his name so here we go uh you guys are just gonna have to wait as i scroll uh patrick that. saunders uh i didn't think it was patrick saunders it was phil rogers it was phil, phil rogers, rogers yeah. uh, Sorry, a longtime chicago scribe who yeah uh, patrick saunders you're just scrolling through all of the lame 65 year old plus hall of fame voters who well he got called out for something i forgot what it was Every, yeah. everyone's just calling people out for shit doesn't matter what saunders had like a bond a no bonds but yes ortiz and yes jeff kent and no clemens or some garbage ballot i mean everybody is a terrible ballot uh so if you're gonna vote for david ortiz just say I don't believe his PED test is as damning as everybody else, or I'm voting in all PED people, or I'm being discerning, but PEDs don't really matter that much to me. Say any of those things. 
that is fine. If you're going to be like Phil Rogers, maybe you don't get a Hall of Fame vote. Phil Rogers uh, said he, he voted for Ortiz. He voted for Schilling, by the way, which is uh, like Schilling told you don't vote for him. Why are we voting for Schilling? He Please don't vote to. for me. Do not vote for me. I do not want to get in. Phil Rogers is like, hmm, very interesting. Well, you have my vote. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, so Phil Rogers Hall of Fame ballot, absolutely brilliant, next level brain genius stuff here. You get to vote for 10 people. He voted for four uh david ortiz is in great kurt schilling is in kurt schilling said don't vote for me phil rogers said here you loud and clear kurt you got my vote kurt's like god damn it uh scott Rowland is in okay he's inching towards 75 he's probably gonna get in soon i actually find it really hard to have an opinion on scott Rowland. he's probably yeah. a hall of famer probably other people of his talent level waited longer to get in but you know what great welcome to the hall of fame and the fourth vote is mark burley no okay i, love mark I actually burley. like mark burley i'm higher on him than most too but only four and two of them are shilling and mark burley uh, like okay welcome uh no bonds no clemens <laughs> no a rod no manny uh no billy wagner who i also believe in no sosa no sheffield the list goes on and on and on, and on. so we voted for david ortiz and said quote to answer the question david ortiz was a tough vote but nobody has better defended themselves from ped linkage if you're gonna vote for David Ortiz, do not say that. Do not lie to me. David Ortiz's defense was, I didn't do them. I'm going to look for the real PED injector. I promise you I didn't do them. Uh, never did that. Never came back and, and circled back with the uh, data he found. It basically, he said, I never put anything in my body. I'm going to look and see. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to look into it. It's a very interesting point. I'll see You know what was responsible for my positive test. Never did that again. And then, like we said, Rob Manfred came out on David Ortiz weekend and said, you know, some of those uh, survey tests were a little faulty. So there might have been a couple false positives in there. And then if you asked him, was David Ortiz one of those false positives? He would have no idea. He would not be able to say there were maybe five or six false positives in a sample of the entire major leagues. Right. So I don't know. Could be David Ortiz. Could not be. No reason to think it is. Say what you will, say you doubt the positive test, say he never tested positive again in the 17 years after that. That's the most valid argument to me. David Ortiz had his best years of his career with the MLB testing program in place and never tested positive again. That's a fine argument. But to say he did the best job of defending himself, he didn't even do a job of defending himself. He let Rob Manford do his dirty work for him. He said he was going to come back with a note that proved he was innocent, and he never did. So don't patronize me and lie to me. Say Ortiz was clean for most of his career. Say PEDs don't really affect your vote or say that Ortiz was nice to you. And so he's getting your vote. And you believe in him. But do not say he did the best job of defending himself. That's not true. He didn't even try. No, and he called, and he said the reason the test surfaced was because too many Yankees tested positive and they needed someone from Boston to join the list. So Absolutely like I said, true, David. I yeah, like, for yeah, sure. Just crazy, crazy stuff. I like David Ortiz, to be honest. Yankee fans I mean, I, I don't like I, I I don't want him to come back and play against us, but no. cool guy, great player, uh certainly a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's first ballot. Um, my opinion doesn't matter. I don't have a vote. Um, I also don't care what you guys think about what i think but you know you look at his career numbers you want to talk about people who are advanced stat heads and are uh pleading the cases for all these other guys who are overlooked because they have high wars or um you know their defensive run saves were saved were incredible or uh you know their ops plus was off the charts and nobody even realized that david ortiz is like 56 war which is not a lot it's like very low 
when when you look at the the totality of it and how many people are in the Hall of Fame with higher wars and war is apparently the holy grail for a lot of these voters. Um, so it's just inconsistent stuff that doesn't really line up and make sense. Like we said, a lot of the Hall of Fame discourse is can you talk about said era of baseball without X player? I don't think you could talk about the last 20 years of baseball without David Ortiz, which is why a big reason he's a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't think he should be the only person on this ballot getting in. Um, I thought, you know, there are other way more worthy players, regardless of what the of what the black clouds are are uh, what whatever black clouds are hanging over their head. Um, it, it's a tough situation. I think we have to get to a point though where um, MLB and the baseball community and the writers and everybody in between just starts acknowledging that we had a checkered past with all this. I understand putting certain guys on a platform and enshrining them. Um, in history can send the wrong message for guys who did steroids, for guys who went off the field issues. Like, you know, a lot of people talk, oh, Barry Bonds never failed the test. Yeah, but Barry Bonds' wife testified in court and said that he beat her all the time. So um, that, that's also, I think, another aspect of it um, that has shied voters away from 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 putting him in. And it, it sucks because the, we're here to talk about a player's career, not about what they did off the field. But it all weighs in. It's all a certain factor, and we have to live with it. I think the sooner that MLB can figure out a way to get these guys in and sec them off and talk about, oh, hey, you know, this guy was a great baseball player, but, you know, there are racists in the Hall of Fame. There are guys who are against segregation. There are um, there are anti-Semites in the Hall of Fame. It sucks. It's not a good look, but the sooner MLB can kind of acknowledge its past, but the past of the world has all of these troubling things. People have done bad stuff. People have been aligned with the wrong ideals, the wrong philosophies and everything of that nature. So I think there's got to be some sort of, there's got to be some sort of merging of the, the honesty aspect of it and, and the walking on eggshells for uh, certain players. David Ortiz obviously doesn't fall under that, even though, you know, he does have some questionable off the field stuff with, uh, you know, the, the, the backstory behind the shooting, we don't, we, we, there was rumors that uh, he was cheating with a, a drug Lord's mistress or wife or something. He just divorced his wife. So, you know, everybody goes through stuff. Everybody has their things and people in higher profile situations certainly um, are, it, it's more magnified and, you know, we're all people at the end of the day very much not infallible um so who among uh, us has not slept with a drug lord's mistress <laughs> far be it for me we will not cast the first stone there yeah well once again we don't know if that's true but that's that's the buzz around it and we had buzz around other players we had buzz around certain players doing steroids that we don't know if they did steroids or not so a lot of the stuff is complicated sooner mlb and baseball and everybody in between gets off the high horse and can understand hey we're people we're humans. We make mistakes. Some of us worse than others. Um, I think it would be smart to have uh, some sort of asterisk nest to these players or a certain part of the hall that talks about this person's career, their trials and tribulations and all that, because I don't think ignoring a part of history is kind of the way to go about this. Um, but that's my more grander scope rant here. The defense of David Ortiz there is the dumbest I've ever heard. Um, you're telling me that Rafael Palmero didn't defend himself more. He went in front of fucking Congress, dude. So I don't know. David Ortiz said three comments and then never actually got to the bottom of it, which he promised he would 10 years ago or 12 years ago or whatever it was. So I don't know where this defense holds any weight with a vote that is as momentous as enshrining somebody in the Hall of Fame. But 
it's irresponsible to me and also senseless. So uh, we, th- there's something the, – the baseball community with the voting, it, there's something wrong with it. I, I don't understand a lot of these ballots. I don't understand the explanations, uh, the reasoning behind it, or just the fact that these people think that they are – holier than thou because they hold the keys to putting these people in this certain position. I don't like it. I don't like what it's become. And that's why I think we need to have a grander conversation of how we're going to view these people as time goes on and how we should view them for their actions in the past. A lot of things that have to happen, but don't defend David Ortiz like that. It's stupid. Just say you like them. Yeah. Uh, but see, in the hall too. Like, I don't even think we need to go deeper into that. Like if you're no. letting him, if you're letting the king of steroids into the hall, I think we yeah. probably uh, give all these other steroid guys a pass, but you look, that's just me. I'm just the guy. I'm just the guy watching Omar Vizquel absolutely plummet in the vote count, which is what really matters. Uh, but Ortiz really in the early balloting, he's at like 81%. You need to get to 75. And typically when the private ballots, get factored in you lose five or six points and so we're at the point where Ortiz really might get in by like one or two votes so all the Phil Rogers in the world actually really matter uh if you're someone who cares about the sanctity of this kind of thing I'd put Ortiz in I I don't even I'm not even arguing that and I'd put him in first ballot but a lot of the concerns about his first ballot entry are valid and so you're 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 having guys like Phil Rogers who are saying he did an incredible job of defending himself the best I've ever heard uh, when again, you, you're right. There were guys who went in front of Congress and said, "I did not take steroids." Yeah. Theoretically, facing jail time for lying to Congress. So I would say that's a better. Whether you believe him or not, it's, it's a better job than Ortiz saying, "Yeah, I'll look into it," and then never looking into it. Uh, that's just me. That's it for this Yankees edition. Yankees edition. Come it is. on, it technically that's is it for, for this edition of the Yankees Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. We will be here again Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, just like we were today, Monday, December 27th, at 2 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube and Twitter and streaming. We will be uh, more active as the offseason builds, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Not currently seeing a resolution to all this nonsense. Two sides are going to be talking in January. So we've heard. So we've heard. Until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? At Tommy's underscore takes, baby. You can talk to us also on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Happy to answer questions there. I know there's not a lot going on. Uh, hopefully the new year brings some more discourse. Um, hopefully other fans of teams get off my back. I don't know why uh, proposing trades now is against the law, but apparently it kind of is. Um, and you can also head on over to yanksyourguard.com. Plenty of content there for you. We're trying our best, getting some off-season stuff, keeping the conversation going, uh, making sure that we are properly diagnosing the Yankees' problems, getting this roster where it needs to be in 2022 so we can just get oh, get away. 2021 needs to just go away. I'm done with it. We're done with it. Everybody should be done with it. And uh, we only have one more episode before this year ends. So, folks, hope you had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that. We'll be coming to you live on Thursday at 2 o'clock with the New Year's Eve-ish edition, last episode of the year. Could be fun. We'll see what there is to talk about. Could be fun. We'll see you all on Thursday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.